Welcome. To Arcade Audio. This week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. I thought I dropped my bottle cap in the cup holder. Who calls it, right it a here. bottle cap? This is a bottle cap. What the fuck would you call this? A lid? What is this? What is this? Just a cap. What is this? I'm just trying what to. What is fuck this? With no, answer, you. answer it's what? A bottle. Yeah. So this would make it a water bottle cap. So you added a word to it? <laughs> Just trying to fuck with you, man. Oh, I've been fucked with enough, all right? It is October 30th. Happy Halloween, a week late, when you're hearing this. We celebrated Halloween last Happy week. Happy spooky season. Uh, on the show. If you're new here every single week, my wife and I talk about a random movie, our massive movie collection. We also talk about our lives, talk about the world, we talk about whatever we feel like talking about. Meredith Movies, our podcast we've somehow been doing for... 300 some odd episodes, and every week that we do it, I just wonder how I haven't buried you in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> you know what? We're on the same page there. So it's been it's been uh, a couple weeks since we've actually recorded. Why is uh, that? No, like a week and a half. Why is that? So I've been busy. What have you been up to, buddy? I flew up to Ohio. What? In the middle of a pandemic. And Why? moved my mom from Ohio to Florida. Want to give want to give a shout out to the airlines and the airports. It was maybe like the easiest airport airport experience of my life. Really, man, we got in and out like you wouldn't believe a fucking TSA. Uh, airplanes were super like clean and secure. The airport had a great meal at a uh, Orlando International with cask and larder. We've talked about on the show before. Midway, the Southwest Midway terminal sucked. So the only thing I had, uh, the only thing I ingested was a little bit of turkey jerky my sister had in her bag. And then I went in the bathroom and poured a thing of Fireball in my Coke. <laughs> so that's it. Sounds, uh, sounds great. I went to Ohio, had some good food. I had, had my Swensons for maybe one of the last times, like the actual legitimate Swensons for the rest of my life. Um, you can, you know that you can go to Ohio whenever you want. Like, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. So think, think about what you just said. Anytime I want, the only reason to go now is to get Swenson's. Yeah. Um. So when I'm rich, I will just like go for like a day, go to Swenson's, and fly out the same fucking day. Oh no! When you're rich, you don't even have to go to Ohio. You just order the Swenson's to be delivered. That's the same because the, the like the young college kids that run out and take your order, like that's part of the experience, man. Eating in my car. Uh, yeah, I got up at 6 a.m. two days in a row, uh, for the first time ever, and that's why it's, it's that's 10 not after, true. But it's 10 after 10 right now, and I've been exhausted ever Man, since. you, the last two nights, you have fallen asleep before I have. Yeah, it's... And that is 
Thank that God that by the time sweet. you're hearing this, I'm back to normal because Tope was here. Um, I'll be staying up late. Yeah, yeah. These Tope doesn't sleep. Yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, it's really tired me out. It was a lot of lifting on the first full day that I was there. Because when I got in, first thing I did was I need food. So we walked to Romeo's Pizza, one of my favorite pizza places in the world, and enjoyed. And then just drank half a handle of Crown Maple. That was several years old. It was a gift of my gift my sister gave my father for Christmas when we still lived in Gainesville. That's how old Go that Gators. Crown Maple is. Go Gators. Uh, the actual moving day... Uh, I climbed 13 flights of stairs. One of those flights of stairs was carrying an elliptical machine, which was being pressed into my chest plate. Mm. Um, it still kind of hurts, but it's getting getting better. Did about like 15,000 steps, almost seven miles. My sister and I also drunkenly played basketball for an hour and a half at the hotel we were staying at that night. And then the next day, we uh, drove, uh, began the drive, drove seven and a half hours the first day. Seven and a half hours the second day for a grand total of over 1,100 miles um, to get in. And then I'm staying at a hotel for 60 days until we can find her a place to live. Uh, or if I slowly but surely let the life exit her as I strangle her to You death. can't say that on a fucking recorded medium, man. Now, now God forbid something happens. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> yes, that's it. Right. Now you can't do it. But also, too, if something does happen to her, they're going to look at you first. I know. Well, just as long then as you she, can't get your push of the life insurance. Just as long as she's not strangled, I'm fine. Uh, but it's over. It's done with. Uh, everyone's happier. And Everyone? We're here. Um, you were here. In Florida, having your family visit and taking care of Jillian, who's, man, been misattitude as of late. The past couple of days, she's been better. She's a fucking three-nager. About to be a four-nager. Um, but man. we had a couple bad days where she just Kids wouldn't Kids suck, bro. No. I love, look, I love my daughter more than anything. She is the reason I get up in the morning. She's the reason I do what I well, do. Okay, she wakes you up. Well, yeah, she, she, mommy, mommy. And then that stupid fucking cash register. She, okay, look. I can't wait to make that disappear. Um, Jillian, remind me tomorrow, I'll throw it away. No, she really loves it. Jillian is a big girl. She's in a big girl bed. So she can get in and out of it by herself. And we've trained her to, when you wake up, just start playing. You don't need to call us. And so she does. But we have her baby monitor still. And so she starts playing with this cash register. So I wake up to beep, 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 ka-ching. Beep, 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 ka-ching. And it's so obnoxious. It's like the stuff of nightmares. It's so obnoxious. So yeah, I would say make it disappear, but I love her so much. I don't want you to make her sad. She'd be so sad if she didn't have it. I know. She has been a little bit of a no. I don't want to. Like, she's getting... I don't care. Yeah, she's getting tone and... and Thankfully, the past couple days has been good. So hopefully next week we'll have a report on how trick-or-treating and everything went. Uh, in my travels, because I needed anything to do at the nights when I was down being in the car with my family and driving and whatnot, I had the wherewithal to download some movies. So I watched two movies, one on the plane on the way up to Ohio and the other in one of the hotels one night. Would have watched more, but I, again, just fell asleep too early and also forgot there was a wrestling pay-per-view one night. 
So on the plane up to Ohio, I watched On the Rocks, the new Sofia Coppola movie that's on Apple TV, starring Rashida Jones and Bill Murray. And it was the most adequate movie I've ever watched in my entire life. (laughs) It is very basic. There is nothing wrong with it besides the fact that it is just existing. Mm. It is just, it's got, Bill Murray's great in it. Rashida Jones is very good. uh, Damon Wayans, Marlon Wayans is very good. Jenny Slate is very good. There's nothing wrong with it. It just, I I was watching, I was like, is something else gonna happen here? Yeah. And then it just doesn't. Um, So, you know, We've covered a couple of Sofia Coppola movies on the on the podcast. Uh, Lost in Translation, I love. Bling Rings, one of the worst pieces of shit I've ever watched in my life. This definitely is right in the middle of those two. <laughs> so there's not anything that I can say about On the Rock except it's just right in the middle. Uh, so check it out, I guess. I don't know. It's free. If, if you have Apple TV, if you fuck want. it. Um, and then, finally, I almost didn't think I was going to do it. On the next last night, uh, I watched Borat, subsequent movie film. Uh, which I was stoked to see. And I was surprised you didn't want to see. You're not a big Borat person. Which is strange because I'm a really big Sasha Baron Cohen fan. I think I will happily rewatch it. Well, so I loved but it. I, I never really liked the character of Borat in particular. I liked his other characters. And I like him when he's like. You don't like Borat because stuff. he's anti Semitic. Well, that might be part of it, yes. So you need to watch this because it's great. It okay. is. I'll, I'll happily rewatch it with you. Um, it definitely is not as laugh out loud as the first one. Also, maybe because I was watching it at ten o'clock at night, as my mother was like half asleep, sitting up in a bed. Um, Man, there is plenty of moments where my jaw just dropped, and I recognize like the excellence that I was watching. Um, it's very surprising. It's also heartfelt in a couple spots, which is also new for for this type of character. It doesn't. Uh, shy away from its intentions and its purpose, though. Uh, the lead actress in it is phenomenal and is getting some Oscar buzz, and I think it's well-deserved. Oh, wow. uh, so she steals the movie away from Sasha Baron Cohen because also she's relied on a lot more as it was harder for him to do some some things. There's some genuinely amazing people in it. Uh, there's some some bad people in it as well. Even some of the bad people, though, have some redeeming qualities, and it's like, man, it, it, it kind of was like, for as bad as it shows the state of the world as we are in, it, it d- did make me feel a little uplifted and promised at the end of, mm-hmm. you know, not things are not completely bad. So definitely check Borat out. Um, yeah. did you have, have you been watching, doing anything? No. No. No, I, I haven't really been able to. That's fine, just checking. Um, what did we watch? My parents were here and we watched a movie with Jillian. Oh, was it, did you say you watched Trolls or? No. You watched, watch oh, you watched Toy Story. You watched Toy Story 3. Oh, yeah, we watched Toy Story 3. Yeah, that's why she's My been. My dad a, had not seen it. And now she's been addicted to her Lotso in her room, which is weird, and he's like the bad guy, but we've told her he's a good Lotso, so. Yeah, but, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I watched, so I rewatched that. Uh, bawling my fucking eyes out, hysterical, because that's what happens when you watch that movie. Yep. And um, I think that that's it. 
Well, you have watched something else. It was a movie we watched yesterday. Our random selection that I drew out of the box. Four rooms. Let's go ahead and get into it. It is your turn to read the box. Of course it is. There you are. Go right ahead. Luckily, you don't have to read all the people at the top. Excuse me. Can you um, let me get right in your face and be obnoxious, as you are to me? And you may go on. I need some water first. (laughs) I don't get that close to you. Yes, you do. Are you kidding me? Only because I've got bad eyesight. I have to make sure that you're... You have contacts in! Still have bad eyesight. Four rooms. I would be so mad if I messed it up. I thought you were going to. I would be so Fourth rooms. Fourth rooms. Comedy, confusion, and chaos. Compliments of the house. <laughs> I, it's hard. The glare. It's I know the glare. See. It's hard for me to see. There's not a lot of light. Okay, so we both here. can be able to see. Okay, I got it. So we Go. both can't see. Go. This is so fucking weird. Why is this the quote? Antonio Banderas is hilarious. Hilarious says uh, Roger Eber, Chicago Sun Times. Daddy Antonio Banderas is hilarious. <laughs> Yo, fuck you, Roger. <laughs> that's such a weird. Quote. It's the only positive quote. I like guess that's so weird. Don't miss the fun in this hilariously sexy comedy that has Antonio Banderas, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, Madonna, Swept Away, and a sizzling all-star cast checking in for laughs. That's all that they could say? Mm-hmm. It's the highlights? It's Ted the Bellhop's Tim Roth Pulp Fiction, First Night on the Job, and the hotel's very unusual guests are about to place him in some outrageous predicaments. It seems that this evening's room service is serving up one unbelievable happening after another. Also featuring Marissa Tomei, Cyrus, Four Rooms is a wild night of highly original comedy entertainment you'll enjoy without reservations. Man, this movie has some really weird, so like, Swept Away is one of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> and it's not the only thing Madonna's been into. Marissa this Tomei point. won has been nominated for multiple Academy Awards, and they quoted her in this weird, like John well, C. Okay. Riley, okay. Jonah Hill movie. Okay, to be fair, this movie came out in ninety-five. In nineteen ninety. Yeah, but they made this DVD in two thousand eleven. <laughs> You could have the, the is, wrestler. My cousin Vinny. Like, my cousin Vinny, she won an Academy Award for it. Also, she's in this movie for a whole two minutes. It's very, uh, it's a strange, uh, strange. Well, get ready for us to talk wacky and strange for a while. So, I have never seen this. So, neither have I. And, and my best friend and, and uh, fan of the show, um, Carly Coffee. Said that she is um, very excited for us to watch this movie because she said it's really quirky and really weird and she thinks that we would enjoy it. Well, let's get into it. Uh, so I've always wanted to watch this. Uh, We're big Quentin Tarantino fans. Tar- it's, it is the blemish on my Tarantino record in that it's the only thing I had not seen of his. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Knew of it, but like just never found it. And finally, I I caught it in a a five dollar bin at Walmart, and was like, oh, this is that movie. Okay, cool. Also knew Robert Rodriguez directed a segment. Didn't know like I knew it was like I'm gonna call it anthology, but that's wrong. I knew it was a segmented movie. A yeah, s- it's, not a sketch movie. So, it's but it kind of 
lends itself to the beginning of like what I know Tarantino for, like how, for example, Pulp Fiction is split into chapters. This is different chapters of a story and how they're all intertwined together. But they're different visions and they're different. Well, as soon as one starts and another one, and when one starts to the next, you can immediately tell that it's somebody else's perspective. Like as soon as the Tarantino segment started, which was the fourth one, you immediately see how much better it's shot, how much better it's written, how much better it looks, like the care that's being taken to With angles and framing shot, and it, long takes. Sure. Like, like, so you can tell. So, like, it's different in that all the other ones are under one vision, which is why ultimately for this, I ended up not liking it because it's it was jarring and hard to sit through because one minute there's something that is awful and then 20 minutes later there's a segment that's like oh that wasn't that bad like it's it's so uneven so i didn't know what to expect with this and i was like what is this and and i was really upset because this cast if you look overall at the cast right from all four of the segments it's it's fine (laughs) <laughs> it's well, not like some amazing well, epic no, no, cast. No, but I feel like I feel like like you're anticipating some like killer things. But like you said, like Marissa Tomei, she's in it for like two minutes. Yeah. Like Madonna is one of five very forgettable performances. Yeah. In it. Right? Mo- like like I, I, like I think I'm fine saying this. The most remem- the most memorable performance in that first uh, segment is Ioni Sky's boobs. It is like the only thing you remember about that segment at all. I think that's fair, and that's not me being like a, a piggish man. I'm just saying, yeah, no, like, it is. They're out the whole time, and it's the only good part of that segment, which unfortunately we have to talk about more. So, oh, but yes, um, but I I mean I think like with. The caliber of people, like you have Antonio Banderas, you have Madonna, you have. Oh wait, those are the only two people they mention on the back of the box by name. Oh, and no, Tim they mentioned Tim Roth. They mention right. Yeah. No, and Marissa Tomei. Yeah. That's all yeah. that they mentioned. I was gonna say Jennifer Beals is a right. name. Right, Jennifer. Yeah. Uh, that's. I mean, I only Sky was one of the. It was like a, a, a an actress in the '80s. She was in Say Anything. Sure. Yeah. You know, a legend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's later on, like, uh, Alicia Witt was in a bunch of things. Yeah, I mean, she was. Tarantino. Former LVP of the yeah. show. <laughs> huh. Yeah. There's plenty of other wars performances. It's not going to be her here, even though she wasn't great. Sure. So let's get into, like, the four segments. So so I'm on the record saying that I did not like it. Did you like it? So I am actually drafting, was drafting a text to Carly and said, I think I liked it. Like, so I think I did. Like, I'm still processing it. Wasn't expecting it. Um, Here, here's my, here's my blanket statement. But I think I liked the, some of it. So the first half of the movie is bad. It's just outwardly. The second segment, I did not like at all. Bad. I, I didn't like the first segment at all either. I, that was fine for me. The first two, and again, we'll, we'll drill them down a little bit more here in a second, are... Just done by not talented people. And as soon as the third one starts, you can see that it's... Um, the first two are done by uh, Allison Anders and Alexander Rockwell. I tried to look up what they did. Nothing I recognized. Uh, 
once the the Robert Rodriguez segment starts and you see Antonio Banderas, it's quirky. Like it honestly reminded me, having seen a couple of the Spy Kids movies, like it very much is in that realm. Um, I still wasn't a big fan of it, but as it wore on, it grew on me. And then the ending was fantastic. The last like two or three minutes, again, we'll we'll draw it down more in a second, was really good. The fourth segment is just pure Tarantino from beginning to end and is by far the best part of the movie. Uh, Despite the fact that the main actor in it is Quentin Tarantino, uh, which we will again have to get into later on. So overall, it's it's very uneven. The the first two are so bad and and the last two are so decent to good that it just winds up being to me very uneven uneven and disappointing but also like it's just odd and weird because the through line to this is tim roth as this bellhop character which i did not like at all because he's playing it i don't know why it was played up so slapstick quirky like that doesn't play to tim roth's strengths he was my surefire LVP through the first two because of how just over the top and annoying he was. I'm like, you could have gotten like Rowan Atkinson for this, and it would have been fine. Am I? Am I? Well, I think so. So what? From what I read, the the part of the bellhop was actually written for Steve Buscemi. So I see it if he's not talking. Like he looks the part. <laughs> like if you're just gonna, be, if you imagine that person to look a certain way, then sure. Well, that's what I read, and I, I don't know because, yeah, Tim Roth is to me a more serious or more straight man actor, and I think he was just not. He wasn't a fit for what they were going for. He wasn't a fit for what they were going for. I think he got... Either he got better as the movie went on, or it grew on me as the movie went on. But I I don't think it was the LVP. I think he did a good job... Somebody saved him from being LVP. ...and being the through line through everything. Um... See, he wasn't consistent to me at all. Like the like the first segment, like his facial expressions and the way he's like emoting, and especially in that second one... It just was, like, in a bad way, just over the fucking top. Well, I liked in the second one. I liked he had a, um... So, once he gets, again, to Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino, and they know how to drill it down a little bit, and the third one, it fit. Like, in the third one, you know, he's having to deal with children, and it's his first day, and he's, like, kind of all over the place. Like, that makes sense. The physical comedy of him being stuck in the window. And then in the fourth one, he's, like, totally understated. Like, in the fourth one, it's, like... This is all this is now? So it's Tarantino, like, peeling him back and letting him be calm and cool a little bit. Um, he's ultimately not going to be my LVP, and I, we'll get to my LVP later on. So the, the tone is odd to start. You have this little forward that's the, the, the previous bellhop, like, passing the job off to Ted. Um, and it's just, again, an odd juxtaposition that this bellhop's talking about don't get your cock sucked, um, and, you know, this is how the job's gonna be, and then you get, like, Pulp Fiction titles, essentially. Like, yeah. the same, like, a band apart, Lawrence Bender-type, like, aesthetic, but then it cuts to, like, this City Slickers <laughs> cartoon intro. <laughs> That's, it, yeah. it just, it just ill-fitting of what's happening. Yeah, it was. I mean, I liked the... I, 
I liked in the animated intro when um he like unzips like the pulp f- or the reservoir dogs kind of uh frame that was there and he mm-hmm. like unzips and like steps out as the bellhop kind of thing. I thought that was I've never been a fan fine. of those. Like I, I don't know, just I City Slickers and uh uh National Lampoon's Vacation. Now, the Christmas Vacation does the same thing. Like I love those movies, but it's always odd to me. So the first segment's the missing ingredient. The the basic the the premise is uh, five witches have converged onto the honeymoon suite, and they are trying to bring back this witch from the past. Goddess. Goddess from the past. Uh, they all have a integral piece. One of the witches, played by Oni Sky, who is topless for no reason except for the enjoyment of the viewers at home. Was there, there was somebody else who was topless. Yeah, but I don't know who that actress was. You she, didn't like her boobs. She, I love that the the. Not really. The uh, <laughs> uh, the famous people got to keep their shirts on, like Madonna and that Lily Taylor actress who's like a character actress who's been in everything. Uh, who was the other one? There was another actress in there. It wasn't Alicia Witt, but there was another one. Oh, no, no, no. Fucking, um, oh, my but God. Yeah, no, Alicia Witt took off her shirt. Eventually, but she had like axes like, on her titties. <laughs> masking <laughs> tape on her boobs. No, God. Oh, no, it was um, uh, uh, Valerie uh, Giacchino, whatever. She was in Hot Shots. She was in Scent of a Woman. She's been, she's like an Italian actress. She's been in a bunch of things. Um, uh, Ioni Sky was supposed to get sperm. She swallowed it. So now she has to get it from somebody else in an hour. She sleeps with the bellhop and they get it. Uh, again, just, it's an odd tone. Like, Tim Roth is all over the place, being over the top. Madonna, at one point, like, growls like a tiger. Uh, and and the, early on, I'm banking on Tim Roth because hey, it's Tim Roth. I mean, fucking Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. Uh, but then I was, like, I was sitting thinking about him. Like, he's also, was, like, in, like, the fucking Tim Burton Planet of the Apes. He's in, like, that weird Fox lie to me show. Like, he's been in plenty of crap. Uh, keep getting them... Keep, keep getting, getting them fucking checks, Tim keep Roth. Keep getting them checks. Uh, so, yeah, it just... It just... It, it was a... All the segments are, what, like, 20 minutes? Not even? The movie was, like, 97 minutes? So it's, like, 15, yeah. 20 minutes? Yeah. And it just drags? Like... <laughs> they they, they fuck. A witch comes back. It, it just... Goddess. She was goddess, goddess. Whatever. Look, I look, I I just didn't know that that I didn't know that there was any uh like supernatural elements to this movie. So I just was going into it thinking one thing cuz Quentin Tarantino to me more um doesn't necessarily do like anything like science fiction. He does more like historical fiction and like, you know, well, messes- not- well, historical alternate reality fiction. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what... Yeah. Yeah, what, what he's known for. So, I, it, this was out of left field when I'm thinking it's going to be like Quentin Tarantino-esque and it starts with like the titling, like the chapters and stuff. I'm in one mindset and this was completely opposite of what but, I was thinking. So, I didn't think it, it was terrible. Did you know which segments were which when you watched it or did you after the fact then pull it up to know? Like, who did what? Like, each of the four. Like, who directed and wrote. Well, no, because I don't... I mean, two of the four are not distinguishable to me because I've never seen anything else that the other two did. Well, that's what I'm saying. I couldn't tell whose was whose except for Quentin Tarantino because I could see... Well, and he was also in it. 
Yeah, he was in it. Yeah. I knew it was his own thing okay. because I'm just like curious. only Quentin Tarantino and Chris Mullet write parts for themselves in their in their scripts. Ouch. The wrong man. Uh, room four <laughs> that was really funny. Just gonna move on. It was not. That was so funny. Uh, was undoubtedly the worst segment of the four. I cringeworthy how bad it is. Didn't know what was happening, and I. So premise of it is uh, there's uh, some couple who has some weird sex games. No, it's not even a sex game. Like she actually fucked somebody, but it wasn't that no. Ted. And then it restarted. It was some weird sex game. It was weird. Like, it was uh, but weird. the bellhop's supposed to deliver. What sex games do you like? Not that one. Oh, let me cross it off. <laughs> He's supposed to deliver ice to a party in room four hundred four. He this, goes to the wrong room because, like, one of the, the final number gets, like, knocked off at some point. And this guy is, like, threatening him with a gun and angry at him because wife. he slept with his wife. His wife is Jennifer Beals. She's uh, gagged. The, the act, I thought the actor, like, he went all in. Like, he's he an MVP candidate. All in. You can't give him MVP just because how bad the segment is. It was like, so bad. And he was just with his crazy eyes. And he's like... You did it. It's just a disaster. Just you love me. And yeah, then, like, then, he, oh then he kisses Tim Roth. Then there's a bloody... What was going on in the bathroom while there was he like had blood? He like blood coming out of his ears. Didn't he you was taking. That? He was taking what, like a lithium? Or he was taking sure, some kind of drugs? Sure, and he was bleeding from his ears. I, like, I don't know. And then, he could have been taking fucking 800 milligrams of Tylenol. I don't know. It was very hard to follow. Then you get physical comedy. And, and that Tim Roth... it was happening so Quickly, it was too. it was it was at a pace that was meant like to be like frantic and like confuse you, but I still was, was hard to track and follow because there you was have, a lot of yelling back and forth. Yeah, you have so many people just turned up way too high for their own good, right? And then you get physical comedy, like Tim Roth is like like trying to like escape, escape, even though he's on like the fucking fourth floor. He gets stuck in the the window. And then he ends up, like, finding the room that he actually was supposed to go to. The guy, like, leaning out above him, who almost pukes on his face. Um, that also is a weird shot where, like, it's a super far away shot. It's basically from, like, another building, or even might be, like, a crane that shot. That reminded me of, like, Wes Anderson, almost. Yes, very much so. And the whole thing, the whole time, I'm trying to differentiate this from Grand Budapest Hotel, because it's the only other bellhop movie <laughs> I can think of. But, yeah, like... He's stuck and like he's yelling and it just has an arrow pointing and it says Ted. I'm like, that's just not necessary. That's you trying to be artsy fartsy and it just totally swinging and missing. He gets unstuck out of the fucking uh, uh, window. The guy wakes up and then the scene just ends. This is the scene for you in movie history if you just want uh, somebody to rattle off penis euphemisms for three minutes, because that's all Jennifer Beals does to end the scene. It's just hey. Wiener, Wang, uh, Mr. Man. I don't know if that was one, but it should be if it's not. Like, all these fucking, like, a hundred of them just talking about what a meaty cock Tim Roth has. How meaty do you think Tim Roth's cock is? Probably not that meaty. I think Tim Roth probably has a thin penis. It could be long, but it doesn't have the girth that one would want. <laughs> Why did you put so much thought into this? I broke that down like Mel Kiper going over a draft pick in the. the <laughs> Why did you? Ha I mean, it was it was more of a rhetorical question, but no rhetorical questions here. Thanks for your when point. Tim Ross' penis comes up, I analyze it. Um, 
yeah, by far the worst of the four segments. Just totally off-putting. So, so at this point, we're halfway through the movie. I'm like, oh my god, no wonder everyone hates this. And it, like we talked about, uh, leading up to this, we've watched eight Leprechaun movies. We watched Turbo Primaters movie. We watched A Simple Wish. We watched Deep Blue Sea 3. We were hoping for a win, but we looked it up and saw this has like a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. was a big disappointment. Got a couple Razzie nominations. Uh, and the first half of it is why. Because if the first half of it is replaced by... Any kind of competent scenes. Or if you put longer segments of the other two. Then it'd be fine. Then two honestly, rooms. it'd be fine because the other two. Two rooms, baby. The third scene the is. Room. The room. The, the That's third a bad scene. Movie too. <laughs> you put Tommy Wurso in a room and just put it on the camera for 20 minutes, I'm in. The third scene, The Misbehaviors, uh, you can immediately tell it's Robert Rodriguez because you get mariachi music and you get red and apple you get, cigarettes. Right, and you get little children. And you get little children. Uh, it's already the best one immediately from Antonio Banderas, who's just who's just great and is is turning it up the right way because he's subdued and he's being a caricature, but he's not being. I, I don't even know how to put it. He's not like. Well, he also can be. Awful in movies. Not this movie. Which movie? Let me see. Yeah. <laughs> why are you saying? Why are you saying? I honestly can't think of a single movie. I'm like, he's Zorro. He's Puss in Boots. Yeah, I know, but I. Feel I'm sure like... he's been a bad guy in some movie. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen Ballistic X versus Sever, and I have. Oh it. yes, I have actually. You're kidding me. You've seen Ballistic X versus Sever? Maybe. Why? That's one of the, that, that is maybe the worst movie ever made that was yeah. mass produced for people. I know, but remember. How have you seen that movie? I don't know. We watched I haven't seen that movie. Shit at camp and stuff. I don't know. Let me get past all these Spanish movies that he did. I'm sure he wasn't <laughs> the best in those. I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know why I feel it. Maybe I'm confusing his performances in, with somebody else. I feel like I've lisping? seen him. It's just what I do sometimes when I when I feel like I need just because there's kids in here doesn't mean you have to talk and act like one. Anyway, while you're looking up this riveting research, uh, he just has a charisma and an understanding well, of the did, right Have you seen tone. the Spy Kids movies? Have you seen him in the Spy Kids movies? I've seen. I think that's what I'm thinking. Of. Probably, I've seen Spy Kids one and three. Andrew so, and I thought Spy Kids 3D Game Over was such a crazy concept because before 3D went crazy, that that was the first or second movie we went to go see to make fun of in theaters together. Yeah, so I think it may be the Spy Kids. I think that's what I'm thinking of. Just how over the top he is in those. Yes. Um, I think that that's it. So this segment is, he pays Ted the Bellhop to watch, to, to make sure his two kids don't get in any trouble while him and his wife go to a New Year's party. Um, and then of course the kids, you know, uh, uh, hijinks ensue. It's shocking that this is not the Quentin Tarantino segment of the movie with how much feet shit there is. <laughs> Granted, it's kid feet. This kid started sucking on his toes for some reason and I about walked out the room. I... So the whole time the kids are like, your feet stink they take their dress shoes off. And they're like, no, my feet don't stink. The swerve is that there's like a dead prostitute hidden like in the bed, which is a good swerve. Uh, but like they keep smelling their feet. There's close-ups of feet. And you know the Tarantino foot fetish thing, right? We've talked about it. Yes, I'm In aware. every movie... Please got... don't talk to me anymore about feet. I hate feet. 
Feet right? You hate them. I hate them myself. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Happy Halloween, everybody. It's a week late, but I'm always a week early because I'm Beatles. I'm, I'm a cordial guest. How's it going? You hate feet? I hate them. I hate them myself. I'm throwing up even talking about them. I got the hiccups. How did Beetlejuice get hiccups? I don't know. How. Uh, can, I, can I hire myself to scare the hiccups out of me? Hey! Nope. I'm Beetlejuice. <laughs> Oh, oh God! Oh boy! <laughs> this might be a while. I'll scare anything you want me to scare, and I'll burp anything you want me to burp. I'll even shit on a dog. I can't breathe. Oh, I can't breathe. So, ma'am, how'd your husband die? Uh, well, he was trying to do a Beetlejuice impersonation, but then he started burping. Oh uh, yes. Okay. Oh yeah, got oh, it. God. We got it. <laughs> Suicide. What's a weirder phrase? Sand feet or feet worms? <laughs> oh my god! Feet worms. Feet worms? Feet worms. Barry Windham. Uh, so yeah, so this, but yeah, this kid just starts sucking his own toes. Is really what we need to get into here. It's just this, this, this 10 year old little like Hispanic kid just sitting on a bed just sucking his toe. And it's like, ew, I don't want to see that shit. Come on. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it was really, really weird. But this segment just had, like, a fun flavor to it. And it, it, it snowballed wonderfully. Yeah, like, they draw the like escalation a, a, was good. They draw, like, a target on, like, this painting, and they're trying to... Uh, what were they throwing? What were they doing a to... A hypodermic needle. Oh, a hypodermic needle, that's right, that they found. God damn it. Ted gets the needle in his leg. They find this prostitute in this bed. He doesn't believe them. As soon as he sees it... He, like, throws up everywhere. It's the only, like, legitimate laugh from either one of us out of the movie. You is that are about to legitimately throw up. It's just so out of nowhere. It's, like, such fake vomit, too. Uh, once he throws up and, like, Tim Roth is apoplectic, it goes good. And then the ending's nice. Like, Antonio Banderas walks back in. He catches him in the act. There's a prostitute. The room is on fire. The kid is smoking a cigarette. And he asks him, well, did they misbehave? Like, that's a good, strong button. <clears throat> God damn it. I need to borrow some water. And that was, and that was that. Please just keep it because I don't want it back. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I was too excited to do Beetlejuice, and I just got an air bubble. Is that what hiccups are? Or air bubbles? Uh, Alexa. Your, no, it's your diaphragm. What causes hiccups? Your diaphragm. Okay, here's WebMD. Hiccups happen when your diaphragm muscles tighten. Hmm. Some causes include eating too quickly. Swallowing too much air, or being stressed or excited. Hiccups usually go away on their own. Home remedies include holding your breath for 10 seconds, quickly drinking a glass of cold water, or eating a teaspoon of sugar or honey. Is there something else you'd like to know? No, thank you. Thank you for using WebMD. Lucky WebMD. Hiccups are caused by ass cancer. (laughs) Like something horrible. Uh, So yeah, so that was the fourth one. And then there's a weird little, like... I don't know what to call it. Like, it wasn't a part of the third scene or the fourth scene where he tries to call his boss who just, like, lives in a room with a bunch of other women or, like, it's just, like, a, a commune? Like, I don't know what the fuck that was. Marissa no, it me- was a party. It's New Year's Eve. It was a New Year's Eve. They were all just, Eve. like, laying around doing nothing. Because it's a party. <laughs> That's what you do at New Year's Eve parties because you pass out at 1045 because you had too much to drink. That's what everybody else did. It was 630 in the morning. I'm just saying. 
It was. It, I, I didn't get that. Maybe I was just. You were not paying attention. You're too busy looking at I own Sky's titties. That was like an hour previously. Uh, have we are so? Here's my question up to this point, because for me it has happened. Have we already reached the MVP of the movie up to this point? Who is your MVP of the movie? Uh, I don't know. So I like a couple performances. Obviously, you like somebody in this third segment. Well, so let's get back to it. Because we're about to approach who my LVP of the movie is. Uh, oh, really? My LVP is in the first segment. Who is it? One of these bitches with their titties hanging out. You can't just give titties LVPs. <laughs> no, I'm not going to give the titties. I thought that the blonde girl with her titties hanging out, Jezebel... Awful. She was awful, but she ultimately was inconsequential to the awful. movie. Awful. Like Madonna was worse than her because Madonna I don't actually think had so. some, Madonna was bad. I that woman's not even on my radar. Alicia There's, Witt was also bad. I don't want to give her two LVPs. <laughs> what did she like? Kick your hand at some point? <laughs> She's totally inconsequential. No, she I, put masking tape and black X's on her titties. She for was no some weird god witch chick. Don't worry about it. Tim Roth was worse than everybody we've mentioned so far. He's not my LVP. We're going to get to my LVP. I'm just going to say it. Kathy Griffin sucks. She was inconsequential. She, but there's a difference between inconsequential and like a tiny dose. Like that blonde chick had two lines and her tits out. Kathy Griffin had to deliver like eight to ten lines of dialogue that had to do with the story of the movie. And she was just monotone and rapid fire and awful. And I don't know why Quentin Tarantino was obsessed with her. Because she's in Pulp Fiction 2. She's in this. What What was his deal Maybe with her? she's a nice person. Bullshit. Is what I'm saying. She did a good job on that SVU episode. She is so... She played bad. She is so bad. She's so she's bad. She's memorable. She's, she's my LVP. If it's not her, we'll get we'll figure it out. So he's trying to quit. She says, it's fine, but like you have one last, one last job. Uh, you have to take care of the penthouse because it's some famous movie director. Who is the famous movie director? Basically doing a coked up, oh, sorry, a coked down Oliver Stone impression, but Quentin Tarantino. And Tim Roth is immediately better, like reading lines. That's what saves him from being LVP is he gets a Tarantino script. He knows how to read this. He knows how to act it. Right, right, right. He, and then, my favorite part is this. And of scene. course, Quentin Tarantino is acting in his own part, like you said, and then the first thing that happens as soon as he gets in the room, a close-up one-shot of just him cutting a monologue. And, and it's this, like, And, and it goes, on, the one-shot goes around the room and introduces everybody. No, even before and... the camera moves, it's just it's just one take, oh, yeah. close-up on his face, yeah. talking his bullshit, mm -hmm. and you see Jennifer Beals, uh, who's just decided to party in this room, in the background, in the foreground of the shot, and then, like you said, the camera like will move, but it doesn't cut away. Um, but you just know that it's him, even if even if for some reason like he's just acting in it, you can tell based on the dialogue, based on the length of the dialogue, based on what's just like, being said, the just story, on the, even just like the white balance, all, like even just the balance of the colors, it's just him. Um, but 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 what a great. What a great legacy for him that you sure. know. Like, you can look at it and you can know. Yeah. You know, but, there's only a few directors that, that, that we can really do that with. I, that have that distinguishing, you know, yeah. direction, basically. I don't have many notes on this segment because it's a pretty, like, easy segment to get through. Yeah, I so have one note. Essentially, it's just these people have been partying all night long. 
And you, somehow, you're introduced to, to the director. The director introduced to, to the, I'm guessing he's an actor. It's random Bruce Willis who's uncredited, but he's got like a, an actual legitimate part in the movie. Who did it better? Bruce Willis as Leo uh-huh. or Augie? That's my only note on this section. That's good. Better in your note you had that you said that Quentin Tarantino reminded you of Dan Carpell and R.J. Mills mixed together. R.J. of R.J. Hates Rap and Dan Carpell from, like, one episode in this podcast history. I don't know why the way that... That is the worst comparison I've ever heard in my entire life. Okay. Thank you for your feedback. You're welcome. Uh, it was just the way in this segment... He was delivering lines. I feel like if I close my eyes, that it could be a baby of RJ and Dan. You're insane. Um, okay. So they basically just been up drinking and partying, and this is a technically adapted from a Wild Doll short story. Mm-hmm. Um, Man from the South. Loosely also based around uh, a, I was at a Twilight Zone or an Outer Limits episode or something. Uh, uh, I think it's uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock, sorry, Hitchcock. Yes, uh, where they're just wanting to bet that uh, Paul Calderon's character, uh, Paul from Pulp Fiction, can uh, can flick the slider ten times in a row. If he does, he gets the director's car. If he doesn't, he gets the pinky chopped off. And it's all about the bellhop having to be the innocent party that cuts the pinky off. Um, and it's just it's just verbose Tarantino shit, and it's awesome. Uh, My pants are on Inside Out. Or your pants on inside out. No, they're not. Yes, they are. No, they're not. Yes, the seam. See, you can't even tell. <laughs> I'm so glad that's recording so everyone knows what a fool you are. <laughs> um, uh, there's a, there, day. When they're going through like all the supplies that the bellhop had to go up, you get uh, also something that I just noticed that Tarantino has been addicted to this whole time is donuts. Uh, and shove that whole, shove that whole donut, donut in his mouth. Not a dozen like you. Um, I'm as real as a donut, motherfucker. Uh, Why are you so mean? I can't help it. Uh, and then Tarantino actually, so I, as but soon as... But then I'm the bitch for saying that you write your own parts like Tarantino writes his own parts. Yeah, because it actually hurts me to my core, whereas your mouth is just a part of you. Um, so I wrote, as soon as Tarantino started talking, and I, as we were watching, I'm like, of course it is! I was like, man, he's going to end up being LVP ultimately in this because he's just going to talk way too much. I actually thought he was okay for, like, being that part. I think it was my favorite, like, performance of his. It well, wasn't It wasn't him talking about coffee and doing his thing. Fuck you to the teacher that made me do that monologue in college. The teacher didn't make you do that monologue. You got to choose No, I did monologue. not. I did not choose that monologue. I did not choose that monologue. Don't even put that on me. I didn't. Hand on, on my daughter and my grandmother's life. She gave me that monologue to do. She assigned us those monologues. We got the pick, because remember that's, uh, Brooks was happy because he got assigned the cap, the Colonel Coons monologue. I'm like, I couldn't get Colonel Coons! I got the dead storage monologue? I got the fucking Fab Force 5 monologue. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. See, we, we didn't get the pick. Not everyone just picked Pulp Fiction monologues. The bitch had one book. Well, we did get to pick, though, because we picked that Chasing Amy scene. We got to pick that, yes. We had to pick that scene, but we didn't get to pick the monologues. I would never have picked... I literally <laughs> have said this before on this on air. 
the nerve to give somebody a Quentin Tarantino performed monologue to do for an acting class is horseshit. You don't Sh- shows your range. Home on the, uh, <laughs> but he's actually okay here. Uh, the situation is great. The payoff is awesome because it's all this build up, build up, build up, and then one First flick try. of the ladder doesn't work, and just a quick cut, pinky off, ah, and then like the fallout, and then you get to see over the credits like. You know, just everything that happens. It's really a tale of two movies. Like, the, the final half has good endings and good voices and good characters. The first half is just a mess. Uh, from this, I want to give... I don't know if he's the MVP, uh, but I really dug Paul Calderon in this. I haven't really seen him in much else. Of course, on the Pulp Fiction episode, we talked about how he almost took jewels from Samuel L. Jackson because in their first reading... Uh, the part was written, actually it was not written for Samuel Jackson, technically. But we, I don't think we've talked about this since no, I, I don't listened to it. So I uh, want to give a shout out to another movie podcast that way more people listen to, The Ringer, on uh, um, on The Ringer Network, sorry, um, The Big Picture, and The Rewatchables, both podcasts that Sean Fennessy and Chris Ryan and Bill Simmons are a part of. And uh, on The Rewatchables last year, I think, or earlier this year, they had Tarantino on for a series of three movies, and they did King of New York, and he talked about uh, Lawrence Fishburne, and how Lawrence Fishburne at the time was like going to be like the next like big black actor, um, off of Kings of New York and things like what's got what's left got to do with it, and he was initially the one that was offered Jules wow. in Pulp Fiction, and like a big reason as to why Tarantino wanted to do that movie, or like why. He wrote the movie was to work with Larry Fishburne. And ultimately, I forget what happened. I think he did something like a little bit more big budget or something that wasn't as a success. So he ultimately was like, oh, well, then it's got to be Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson goes in, does the reading, kind of underwhelms because he just assumed that it was written for him and that he got it. Paul Calderon comes in here and fucking crushes it, like does a great job. Tarantino's surprised. So he has Samuel come back and is like, can you do this again? And then Samuel Jackson finally nailed it there. That's why Paul Calderon got Paul um, in like the little bit that he gets because of how good he is. So you get to see him do a little bit more here. I thought he was great. Just like such a charismatic presence, funny guy, kind of outlandish in the right way. I really dug him. I ultimately didn't write him down as an MVP, um, but you could talk me into it if, if, uh, if you don't have I don't somebody else. did enough. Yeah, I mean, but who really does enough in this? You know what I mean? There's only one person that really does enough, and it's Tim Roth, and it's not him. Uh, so who is your MVP? You mentioned that you had somebody, I thought. I thought Bruce Willis did a great job. I really just loved it. I thought he I was thought good. I thought because he had so much intensity and... I don't know. I just, I think I just always like watching Bruce Willis do things. And I, I, before a certain watched, year, yes. Have we watched a movie of his where we're like, ah, oh, it's Bruce Willis, whatever. Except for Ocean's 12. What the fuck was he in Ocean's 12? He was himself! Oh, yeah, that's right. He played himself! What's the problem? After the year, like, 2004, Bruce he Willis He stopped giving a fuck. Yeah, it's, he's awful. Uh, well, no, I mean, we talked about him when we watched, um... But even Split and yeah, but even even in even in Glass, like he's kind of phoning it in a little bit, like you know, like well, yeah, I think we talked about that. Yeah. Uh, so, but early like '90s Bruce Willis, I can I can fuck with. My MVP was going to be Antonio Banderas, just because I think 
that character commanded enough like presence and attention. I mean, he got the quote on the back of the box indicating yeah, that he was, true, hilarious. he was hilarious. But I, I do like the part where like they left the room when mm-hmm. the, at the very beginning when they were leaving the kids alone to watch mm-hmm. TV. They left and he came back in and then the face. Yeah, he has really good facial expressions. Because like I get that as a parent he now. Was, he was that, also oh, let me, I gotta tell this story real quick about facial expressions as a parent. Go ahead. All right, we're getting ready to record. It's getting, it's late. It's like, what, 9, 9.30 or something? But it was like 9.30, and Jillian's still awake, and then Jillian starts crying, and Jillian wants mommy. And we're telling her no, no, whatever. We keep going back and forth. Finally, she's like hysterical. I go upstairs. And And Chris says to me, before I go up, you know, make sure that she knows that you're angry. So go up there. I got ready i'm like jillian i'm very angry with you and she's crying she's like no you're not i said yes i'm very angry with you she said your eyebrows say that you're not angry and she like moves them she's like they're like this and they're not like this and i move them into like a scowl like i'm angry with you and then she's like no you're not and she like pushes them up on my face (laughs) and it was so hard to keep a straight face and not start cracking up um, so she's, I get that she's Antonio. Getting wise. She's getting wise. I get that Antonio Banderas. He face. was good about like being intense, but then he also like the way like the volume of his tone and just his overall demeanor. Just it it was the definitive turning point to me of the movie. I also really liked the little the little girl. She was really good. She apparently like finished second on some important like internet reality show. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but um. Uh. She was a good kid actor that we don't get a lot of. So she's not my MVP, I just want to point it out. I also did like the guy that was Siegfried in the second segment. He gave it his all with the shit that he was given, but ultimately, again, not my MVP. So um, so what are we going with here? Excuse me, I'll give it up to you. I mean, okay. I, I... I think that Antonio Banderas did more for the overall scope of the movie than Bruce Willis did. Okay. Because also Bruce Willis, like... He's off screen a lot of it, just like yelling on the phone. You just yeah. want to give it because it reminds you of Augie. It sure yeah. does. Whereas Banderas, Banderas to me is, I think, by far the best part of the movie. Yeah, but I think that you've given Tim Roth too bad of a rap on this. I think I that honestly he did don't a re- think I have. I think you have. I think he did a, a good job at, at reacting to these absurd things and, and being mostly str- straight through it. He's really... He's Over the top at the beginning, I think, because that's what he thinks the bellhop needs to be. He's over the top in the third segment, and it's appropriate to me because there's a dead body in the room, and the, the room is on fire, and he's funny. The other two, he, like I said, he's, he, like it's Mr. Bean. It's fucking, like, Zucker Brothers, like, slapstick in a bad way. And it just rubs me so wrong that he was the first person I wrote down and I thought it was a cinch until I really thought about Madonna, until Kathy Griffin came on my screen, and until I saw Quentin Tarantino, but it's definitely not Tarantino because I think he did a good job. So, and I, I, I can't give it to Blonde Lady just because you didn't like her titties. I didn't say I didn't like her titties. I said I didn't like her acting. Her poor titties didn't help. I mean, if you're gonna have, if you're gonna cast somebody who's only gonna be topless in this movie, cast somebody with okay titties. So who are we going with here? Do you have any other legitimate one besides her? 
I this is why I ultimately get the name MVP and LVPs because you just have these like joke shitty answers. There, it's not. It was not a joke answer. I she, I think that she brought down the segment. She had what I two think, lines? I just, I thought she was awful. She had more than two lines. I thought she was awful the way she interacted with them, and she had a bunch of parts. And then when she was doing her little what. I brought you the doo 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 boo 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 I don't know. I just didn't like it. And when she's doing, like, whatever her sacrifice is to the goddess, I thought that she was too over the top. I, did, I didn't think it was genuine. That's all. Okay. I think it's her, Sammy Davis, Jr. Her name is actually Sammy Davis. I know it's Sammy Davis. Oh. The third. There's no way me. There's no way for me to convince you otherwise. You can't keep going. Think about in those first two segments, no matter how poorly written they were, if it were, let's say, Buscemi. Like if it was Buscemi, it'd been better, right? If it was, even if it was somebody like uh, God, like a Christian Slater, or a uh, or a Gary Oldman. I'm just naming true romance actors at this point. Um, I, I think that Roth was a detriment to the movie. My vote is still Kathy Griffin. <laughs> My vote is still Kathy Griffin. Oh, God, I almost immediately started hiccuping again. And you sounded more like Dr. Teeth and Beetlejuice. Uh, greetings and felicitations, everybody. Dr. Teeth here from the Electric Mayhem. What's going on? Happy Halloween. What are we talking about today? The movie Four Rooms. Oh, okay. What's that about? Have you ever seen it? No. It's got some women without shirts on. Hey, it. now, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> I got warts. You don't, you don't like titties? No comment. He's gone. He's a, he's a, you know, he's a nice man. He doesn't like to talk about women. He's a Muppet. Clothing. He's a nice Muppet man. <laughs> um, I mean, what are we doing here? If you're that steadfast, then no, I'll give it to you. I mean, it's, it's just going to waste one of my should have been LVP picks. I mean, you don't have to. It's really... We're supposed to agree on this. Okay. But that doesn't always mean I have to agree with you. Yeah, it doesn't mean I always have to agree with you. Okay. Convince me better than just... And her boobs. That was your only argument. I think that that was enough compared to Kathy Griffin. I don't think that she was terrible. At least she wasn't trying to be funny. That would have been worse. You can't give somebody not LVP because they didn't do something they're normally bad at. When that's what they're known for, I think that you can. No, you can't. It's worse that she was trying to be serious. I'd rather her try to give a joke. I'm like, oh, that's just Kathy Griffin being her normal, unfunny self. And this is like, oh, God, she's trying to act. And she's just, well, Ted, you know, if you really want to do this that way, then, you know, he's going to do this. Well, if you go up there, like, it was just was fucking flatlined. Okay. I'm not... I'm not too attached to the Sammy Davis's titties. So then why are we... Fine. Well, I'm Kathy Griffin. It's Kathy Griffin. It's Kathy Griffin. <laughs> you just rile me up. Tim Roth is getting off light. I want to say that on record. You can put it on your the list. The final segment saved it for Tim Roth, and Kathy Griffin and being involved also saved it. Gonna have to raise one of my L- should have been LVPs. 
Sammy Davis's titties. I look forward to that getting no votes. Uh, has there been any other movies like this that, like, I'm trying to think. Like, we've had, like, sketch movies, like Kentucky Fried Movie, Movie uh, 43, um, like, anything like that where there's, like, no real, the only through line is, like, one character. Well, there's movies that are on purpose like that, but not that I can think of on top, okay. on top of my head. Because I, I don't know if the concept works. I'd be interested to see if it can I think it does. I think that there are definitely movies like this. Well, this was not one of them. Even though the more we talked about it, it, you know, I, I kind of warmed up to it just because of the final, like, segment and a half, essentially. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely is, would it be... It is classified as an anthology. Anthology, yeah. So, so... I, I, I'm just going to, like, quickly... So don't run too long. Look up like anthology movies and see what comes up as like options. Uh, VHS I know is a popular one. That's like a horror one. Ballad of Buster Scruggs recently was one. There's a bunch of horror ones. Or maybe that's just what's coming up right now because of uh, uh, the time of year. New York Stories I don't know. Uh, there's been a couple. Um, we did. We did. Uh, to Rome with Love was one, like one of the first movies we did on this oh, show. Oh yeah, great! It's another yeah, example we'll of a talk. horrible one. No, we got. We, we ain't gonna talk about Woody Allen anymore. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. Like they're mostly horror movies that have those different segments. Also known as an omnibus film, package film, or a portmanteau film. A what? A portmanteau film. Ooh. Coffee and cigarettes oh, yeah. is another well, like, one. Like the New York I Love You. I think probably um, Valentine's Day. Probably movies like that as well. Sin City is a big one. I would say. Um, yeah, but again, like those characters, like kind of come back and forth between some of their segments. But that's close. I, I you're kind of on the right track. Yeah, that's what I. I think that might be like the closest one here. Um, it says here 21 Grams is also an anthology movie. I've never seen it, so you don't 21 know. 21 Grams? Is that the... Oh, yeah, I know what the movie that is. Okay. I guess it is. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, like Twilight Zones 1, Heavy Metal, Creep Show. Um, yeah, those are really about, about it. Um, well... We might not do any of those ever again, so this might be <laughs> this might be the last the last ones. Um, anything else on four rooms? This would definitely be if I'm like thinking of like if I'm classifying this as like a Tarantino movie, it would or like his segment. I'd have to rewatch Death Proof. Yeah, I remember I'm not a Death Proof stand by any stretch of the imagination, but I still think that Death Proof is probably better than this Tarantino segment, although it may be close. I, I did enjoy Tarantino's segment. It's it's ultimately not important or, you know, long standing in the the frontal lobe of my brain. You know what I mean? Like it's it's out and gone. But um, I definitely picked up the slack on what otherwise would have been a piss poor movie. Would you agree? Yeah. All right. Well, let's score it and get in that box. Um, I drew it, so you score it first. It was fine. I and I was telling Carly, I was like, I think I liked it. Think I still need some more processing time on it. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, I mean, it didn't pain me to watch like uh, several of the movies have this mm-hmm. year. 
to me it was fine. It was it was it was it was quirky. It was good. I liked some of the segments. Didn't like I liked two of the segments. I didn't like two of the segments. I'm gonna go. You know that's kind of fifty. Fifty percent mm-hmm. of it was good. So I'm gonna go with a five. Um. So I'm doing quick math in my head. I'd give the final segment like an eight. I give the third segment like a six. Give the second Seven. segment a one. Give the first segment like a two. So that's three, nine, five, seventeen. No, it's worse than that. Divided by four is basically a, it's yeah. So I'll give it a four. Yeah, it's closer to a four than anything. So a four and a half for four rooms. If you said eight, six, one, two. 17. 4.25. Yeah, exactly. So round down. Yeah, it's 4. I know how to do fucking basic math, unlike you. I know how to do basic math. I think a 4.5 is perfect for this movie. <laughs> I know how to do basic math. 6 plus 9 is? 15. <laughs> oh, man. Talk about eyebrows. <laughs> I, I was like, when do we start playing trivia murder party and how long is it going to freeze me for if I get it wrong alright so next week I also use a calculator for everything next week my nomination Tropic Thunder then we stop kicking my bottles I want to get this one um, also don't do feet we just talked about fucking kids sucking toes man uh, I'm going to hit your foot uh, Tropic Thunder uh, then Cinderella stop then uh, this is 40. Then our, I believe what's going to be our last random movie out of the box for the year. Oh my goodness. Because then the holidays and your birthday and stuff start. What are we hoping for? Just something I can watch. <laughs> something <laughs> good, decent. Oh my. I'll fix the box. Just, just what is it? Just say it right away. The Killing. Ooh, I think that is a Hitchcock movie. If I'm not mistaken, it's the one I'm thinking of. It's like an early Hitchcock movie. The Killing. Oh, no, it's a Kubrick movie. Even better. Cool. 1956 Stanley Kubrick Noir. Hell yeah. I am all in favor. I believe that's a Criterion. I'll take it. That's got to be good. Well, let me look to the. <laughs> let me go look at the, the review section reception. No, it's supposed to be. Uh, 98%. Okay, that should be good. Here's hoping. And it has a significant influence on Roundabout Way, Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs. So there you go. All ties in. It's like Inception. That was your Inception noise? Yeah, that's, how, what does the noise sound like? Isn't it a big boom? That's what I did. You did it like a that's gong. That's what I did. That's the noise I made. Rewind the tape. I'm good. This is in vantage point. Thank you for listening to this week's how episode. How was that? Didn't you see that with your parents? Fuck up. Oh, that's like, Twice? I didn't go rewatch vantage point. I'm pretty sure you've Dennis seen... Dennis Quaid hasn't seen Vantage Point twice. I'm pretty sure you've seen Vantage Point twice. I have not seen... I barely saw Vantage Point once, because I probably passed out in the middle of it because I was hungover. Yeah, in between... Sitting in between your parents. Thank you for listening to this week's episode <laughs> of Married with Movies. We encourage you, as always, go to rq.io.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe. 
wherever you get your podcast. Patreon.com slash Audio for bonus content. If you want to hear Samantha laugh at her own fucking shitty jokes some more. But like, why is that the movie you thought of when I said rewind the tape? Because that's the thing from the trailer. Wait, rewind that. The, from the, the trailer we had to watch all day long when we worked at the theater. I did not pay attention to those. Put this at your face. I was doing my job and not watching the fucking trailer. It's called theater walks. You're supposed to count the people in the theater and not watch the You movie. still hear it. Your ears don't go where your eyes go. Arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle for my wrestling diary. I have to plug my own shit. <laughs> also, uh, since the last time I've recorded, I've started an Instagram series at your host, Mullet38. It's called Box and Friends. Because you don't have enough stuff to do. I mean, you're lucky to hit the couch first. You almost poked my eye out with that water bottle. <laughs> I open up bags and boxes of toys, comic books, collectibles, whatever I buy, with friends. Never my wife. She's the villain of the show. So, fuck you. Wait, I'm so sorry. I'm the villain of the show? Yes. You really want me to be the villain of the show? <laughs> Try to buy something else to open up on your show, see what happens. MarriedWithMovies at gmail.com, at MarriedWithMovies on Twitter. Yo, I'm fucking serious. I give you a long-ass fucking leash with all this shit in our house. Correct. And now you're gonna paint me as the villain? Yeah, it's a gimmick. It's funny. It's a gimmick. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'd be real funny when all your shit gets thrown away. You I'm wouldn't. I'm gonna sell it. You wouldn't Open waste that money. all the boxes. You, were, you, you wouldn't. I'll sell it my damn self. For half of its value. Your DNA won't let you do that. <laughs> I'll sell it myself for half of its value. You wouldn't. You want to bet? Fine. Take food and clothing out off of our daughter's body and mouth. You, you're not selling it right now anyway. No, but this is to- towards her future. When? When it's worth more money. Her future... Her future when? Just like that's you know who else said that? Hmm. That man in the divorce when he's counting out the fucking beanie babies on the floor. They didn't from, have any kids. They had beanie babies. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Flash the movie. That guy wasted all his money on those like nineteen ninety seven New Balance shoes he was wearing. Uh huh. Uh huh. Pot meat kettle. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.